Father, thank you for bringing us all here tonight. Please watch over us, our families. Let's hope that everybody has a good holiday and Christmas this year. And as we proceed through this, that we go ahead and make the right moves and the right thoughts and move this town forward in a positive manner and bring the community together. Thank you for the council and the residents that come here religiously every week to these meetings. In your name, amen. Thank you. Everybody may be seated. Item 5A, council announcements about outside meetings and committees. Yes, Ms. Lance. Um, I don't know if this qualifies for this part, but I am so excited I can't wait. Um, I spoke to Michelle Eves from the St. Mary's Food Bank today. And we are moving ahead. They've got us a date on the truck. Um, we will be doing monthly uh, food distributions once a month, the third Thursday of every month, um, starting in January. So starting January 18th, um, we'll, we'll be doing food distributions. And stay tuned for more information because it's coming. It's just not as quick as I want it. Thank you. Third Tuesday, did you the say? The third Thursday. Oh, Thursday. So okay. January 18th should be our first one. That's awesome. All right. Um, uh, last Friday, I attended a biannual county get-together over in the Verde Valley with all the surrounding mayors and town managers. And um, one of the biggest outcomes there was is they're trying to uh, support the state on the Airbnbs. Um, it's uh, being detrimental to Sedona, Blackwood. Um, people, seems like all the rentals are being taken by Airbnbs instead of for people that need a place to live to work. So they're trying to help that through with some bills from the um, state. And uh, so that's one of the big outcomes there. And then Dan will have another one about what the tribes doing to try to help our community. Um, with that being said, they had, uh, just a mutual agreement between everybody there that things are moving forward and uh, uh, Town of Camp Verde is working on their general plan and uh, that's about the biggest update that we had there. 
right. Seeing nothing else, we'll move on to item six, public comment on non-agendized items. The council wishes to hear from citizens at each meeting. Individuals may address the council on any issue within its jurisdiction. Council members are forbidden by Arizona Open Meeting Law from answering your questions, discussing issues raised, or taking legal action on matters raised during public comment. A three-minute speaker limit shall be imposed. Everyone should read the notation on the agenda, which more fully explains the law and the town's procedural rules for public comment. All right. Who wants to be first? Come on up, Miss Preston. Ashley Preston, Dewey Humble. I want to thank the events committee. Jeremiah, thank you. Amy, thank you. Um, anyone else that I'm missing that was on the events committee? Um, Denise, what a great turnout we had for um, the light parade. It was amazing to see so many participants. Um, it was one of the very first things that my family has attended as a community gathering, um, you know, aside from the Agua Fria Festival. It was a great turnout. Um, the other thing I want to encourage the audience, I know it's a, a fairly lengthy agenda tonight, um, some pretty important stuff, but please stay for the super fun part. It affects all of us. Everyone in this room needs to hear where we're at and um, the process moving forward. Thanks. All right. Yes, come on up, Mr. Ostrom. Thank you, Mayor and Council, and as always, I appreciate you serving as public servants. It's not always fun, but very grateful we are. Um, <clears throat> technical thing, the audio is much better. The microphones are great. I'm happy. A screen back there will help everybody as well. Um, I come with something a little more important, um, or as important, but in a different way. <clears throat> I would ask the Council to consider for a later date uh, to walk in the footsteps of Prescott. And the footsteps I speak of, I'll uh, bring forward by reading a portion of the Courier article that ran a few days ago. In an action that Mayor Phil Good said is the first of its kind among Arizona cities and towns, the Prescott City Council took a stand against Hamas this week and stated its support and unwavering commitment for Israel. During its Tuesday, December 12th voting meeting, the council unanimously approved a resolution that condemned Hamas for its brutal, highly organized, and unprecedented attack upon Israel and its citizens in the early morning hours of October 7, 2023. Prior to the vote, the council heard from several local Jewish residents who urged the city to approve the resolution, and a number of other supporters were in the audience as well. The council's vote of 7-0, unanimous, to approve the action was met with a round of applause. Uh, Mayor Good, who requested that the resolution be placed on the agenda for the December 12th meeting, said he had received some public feedback prior to the meeting indicating that this was beyond this, our scope to address such a situation. But Good maintained that both local and state commitments make the action appropriate. Good said, not only do we have a very vibrant Jewish community, and Dewey Humboldt does, that's not in the article, uh, but he added the state treasurer's office has also taken action on investments that indicates a commitment to Israel. 
If do we Humboldt were to consider this and bring it forward and vote unanimously or in some majority manner, um, you'd be joining Dallas, Chicago, Oyster Bay, Jacksonville, Atlanta, and others. Thank you for considering. I look forward to seeing this on an agenda soon, if you deem it worthy. Thank you. Anybody else? Yes, come on up, Ms. Glover. I think, Dan. Oh, Mr. Field. Is there any direction on uh, the proclamation? Yeah, yeah, please do that. For sure. Rodney Glassman presented that to the press, city of Prescott Council that day, so maybe you could have him come in and do the same that he did for them. Okay. You guys know who Rodney Glassman is? Yeah. Left Dewey Humboldt. First of all, I want to thank all of those that participated, especially Jade and Anthony did I get it right? yes. and Dan for helping us with the um, events committee on last, I guess the workers kind of had to do it at the last minute, but that's okay. We were grateful for them. Thank you for, thank you for all that attended, all the council that attended, all the audience, all the residents, people that came out. But the best part, in my opinion, were the people from France. I was just so ecstatic that they got to be a part and those little kids were so excited and i've seen people at the event that haven't been to events i've had comments from different people people are already saying wait till next year i'm going to get my float ready i'm going to be doing it so i'm just grateful and i hope that the council and the town manager takes this very seriously how bad this community wants events and it sure would be nice if we could get a, some kind of building or storage shed for when we have the um, St. Mary's Food Bank. So in case it's raining or snowing, you're not out in the mud. But I hope the council takes this serious because it's almost like the community center has like gotten forgotten, that nobody cares anymore. Um, we need to be pushing that. We need to be doing something for this town because this just proves how many people want something in this community so i'm asking you to put that as your number one priority this is very very important thank you yes there's no need for violence oh by hitting that oh, i just keep and thank you for everybody that was that made floats it was i even saw diana michael banfield there and he's um handicapped but he was just so excited and he was just it was so great to see them want to be participate too so it was really a fun time. Thank you. Blue Hills Bobby. Um, folks, I know, I don't know if it's been brought to your attention. You know, there's that APNS they want to put a pit in. I happen to live on the far end of Blue Hills up towards the border there. And I noticed the signs up there. And I don't know if the council or someone could go ahead and put some input in or something about it. I'm not necessarily keen about having a sand and gravel pit within a quarter mile of my house with blasting. You know, they had that one over there by Fane Park with the mountain. And uh, there's rumors going around about the Prescott Valley mayor and how he's moving his house onto the town side of the road as opposed to the county side of the road, having the house built. He didn't want it there. And I just have issues with this, with the blasting and the, you know, they have a pit up on Road 4 North. 
they can use their material there. So I just want to bring it to your attention. If you guys haven't heard about it, look into it, please, because I really don't want to breathe the dust, and I don't want blasting in my part of town. Thank you. I should have done that earlier. But um, so I feel really bad that I missed the parade because it looked like it was fabulous from all the photographs, but we had family commitment out of town, so I missed it. But I just wanted to say that it is so nice lately in the last some months to look out there and see people that we have not seen here before. Now, it may be true that you're here because of some specific issue that's being presented, but Nevertheless, it's it's wonderful to see more citizens coming to be involved, and I just want to say thanks for coming. I second that. Yeah. You're here. Okay. All right. Hey. Yes, Mr. Noah. I apologize for not being here, but I represented Dewey Humboldt at the National Final Rodeo, so uh, I had the uh, reservations well prior to establishing this parade, so I, I apologize for missing it. Right. I'm sorry, did you say you represented the town of Dewey and Bolt? Yeah, I did. You did what? I did at the World's National Final Rodeo. Oh, okay. Okay. Cool. All right. They were happy we were there. Item 7, town manager's report. Yeehaw. <laughs> yes, Mayor and uh, Council. First of all, uh, here's some news from the Citizens Events Committee. This deals with the Angel Tree Program. It was a huge success, and thank everyone that participated in that. Thank everyone that participated in that. Thanks, Greg. We served uh, 11 households, which uh, consists of 26 individuals. The uh, Citizens Event Committee would especially like to thank the youth in our wonderful community, the Granite Mountain Young Marines for fundraising, and the Lonesome Valley Wranglers 4-H group for offering the help. Uh, it speaks volumes on how our families are raising their children to be productive. Young ladies and gentlemen, we are in the process this week of getting the gifts out to the recipients. Um, again, on the light parade, it's the first annual light parade was held this past Saturday. It was fun for all involved. It far exceeded expectations. A huge thank you to all who participated in the parade, as well as everyone who came for the fun festivities and refreshments. And the refreshments were donated by Flowerstone Bakery and Mortimer Farms. Again, our youth came through super strong. Thanks to the Humboldt Elementary for staging area and their students participating in the parade. The Lonesome Valley 4-H Wranglers had 95 participants with an awesome float and we couldn't have done cleanup without our uh, young Marines and uh, let's see, Granite Mountain Young Marines who participated in the parade with a canned food drive and stuck around to help uh, afterwards. Big thank you to our town staff for jumping in and helping out. The committee would like to thank the Dewey Humboldt residents for coming out, joining together and making both events awesome we couldn't have done it without you. The Citizen Event Committee is always looking for volunteers to help in the events. Um, again, the uh, Citizens uh, Committee is also looking for people to help with the St. Mary's Food Bank 
and um, uh, and what the mayor did mention is about the Yavapai Apache Nation. Um, they're preparing to expand their public transit system from Verde Valley into the Prescott area, uniting the two population centers of Yavapai County with public transportation. And with this expansion route along State Route 69, a transit stop is being planned for the Shell Station in Dewey. The company that owns the property and Shell Station has been contacted and they've approved the proposed transit stop, and they are letting us uh, know from the Avapai Apache Nation that if we have any questions or issues that we can raise them, they are going to produce a uh, or draft a intergovernmental agreement between us and uh, the tribe, and it will be presented for approval by both councils. If we would like to have them come here, they would be excited to uh, do a presentation. Um, again, they want to try to connect the communities together. And then uh, the public's going to be seeing, and we'll talk about this a little bit more uh, later on, but be seeing a, a series of presentations dealing with public health um, uh, that uh, relates to the Superfund um, and other issues. Uh, and we're trying to set that up right now, and we will make sure that we get the information out. We want to be able to advertise it, and you're probably going to get uh, sick and tired, the council, of hearing me bring it up each time we have a meeting. It's necessary that we bring it up and have residents attend. So thank you. Uh, well, I hope that you repay the favor to Greg at the next general plan meeting, however that may be, whether you put his mic in front of him or take it away, uh, whatever you deem necessary. But uh, my, my big question is on the fact of what's the route for that um, transportation company? So it's going from Verde Valley to the Prescott, and then they're going to stop in the middle. But what, what are the, what's the starting and stopping points? It, it just said that the, what it's saying here is they'll send us, or if we want to have more information, which I'll, I'll ask for, but... They're going to expand the route along State Route 69. Um, and the transit stop they're talking about is the Shell Station down here. But they're going to leave from Camp Verde. They're going to, the, the initial was Camp Verde to Cortis Junction to Dewey, Prescott Valley, to Prescott, to the VA hospital, and then to the, to the surrounding area, and then back. That's a big loop. So, yeah. okay. so, but like I said, it's in the very beginning stages. They're going to be trying to figure out how they're going to do it, and they just want to get input from the surrounding areas. So, um, I, I think it's a great deal if we can get one bus a week to go that way to help our citizens. It's better than any nothing, and uh, so they'll be in town for a while, and they'll come back to stay. Um, if they begin Prescott. Prescott's also talking about joining with Preston Valley and, and Chino Valley's routes to try to make a full, complete circle and, and um, a better module traffic mover, or people mover. So but it's, it's for the for the tribe. The tribe is gonna. The tribe is the one that is sponsoring it, and the tribe is going to let our citizens get on their bus and go to town. 
Okay. I was just, I was just curious. Yes. I, I wasn't sure if it was going from one casino no, to another no, casino, it's not, it's not, and then it's just not, like picking up people in between and doing that sort of thing. So, it's a good promotion. It's for their citizens, actually. Oh, okay, okay. Do you want me to? to yes, please. Have yes. them show yep. up and. Yep. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yes. Not, not right now. Just a second. Anybody, and then Miss Lance. Okay. Um, one, the first thing, I, I really like the idea of the ride um, of any type of transit for our community. Um, if, and I was going to suggest, can we get them in to give us a presentation? Secondly, um, I want to touch on the Superfund site. We really need, as a community, to come together and make an effort to come to the meetings that we're going to be having. There's going to be a lot of meetings and it's going to be hard to deal with, but we all need to educate ourselves because we're in a crucial point with the EPA and the ADAQ and the town trying to get this remedied. So we really need the public's input. <coughs> Thank you. Now, Greg, you can come on up to the mic. Now, Greg, you can come on up to the mic. Sorry, I, I, I couldn't at all. Um, forgive me. Thank you, uh, Greg Ostro, um, Dewey. So how big are the buses? Okay, here again. Oh, it's in oh, the very beginning it. stages. Yeah. So when they come and present it, we'll have more information. This has been a long process trying to get to this point. I'm glad to see that it's finally moving forward. But it's been in discussions for a few years. It's just now they're trying to figure out their best routes, yeah. the amount of people that are going to use it. And so they're in the very beginning stages, so we don't know any of those answers yet. But when they come and do their presentation, it might be a little bit more by that time. So taking a proactive view, thank you for that. Uh, I would look at it from the general plan update viewpoint, the survey viewpoint. And I would say as the town would engage or explore, uh, we don't want to be a big transit center, I don't think. The survey wouldn't say that. Also, is it a bus just to the casino, which seems to be kind of a contradiction of, um, of you know, a good purpose. So my point is, um, think about how big it would be, this transit center. Hundreds of people a day. It's not a center. It's a ride into town for people who can't drive. So it's a park bench right there. A bus stop. A bus stop. Yes. Now that's different than a transit center. Okay, thank you. All right, moving on. Thank you, Mr. Phil. Item eight, consent agenda. Uh, motion to approve the minutes of January 23rd, 2023 special meeting. So moved. Is there a second? Second. All right. Motion made by Mr. Nolan, seconded by Ms. Lance. All in favor? Aye. Oh, sorry. Aye. Roll call. We got to do a roll call. Sorry. Ms. Evans. Councilmember Finn. Yes. 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 Here. Yes. <laughs> yes. And Mayor Hughes. Yes. Thank you, Ms. Evans. Item 9A presentation to recognize five year of service as the administrator regulation 16 01. Employee recognition for the length of service to Patty Tap for five years and ten months 
of a great job here at Dewey Humboldt. Presented to Patty Tapp in grateful recognition of her five years of service and dedication to the town of Humboldt, Dewey Humboldt, December 19, 2023. Right. Oh. Thank you so much for your service. Thank you, Patty. Thank you, Patty. Job well done. Patty, turn it around, would you? Oh. <laughs> yes. I, you know, I've worked in, in a lot of different areas and uh, with a lot of different uh, civil service employees. And Patty is one of those people that is a um, uh, very special person in that she can keep me organized. <laughs> Robert organized. <laughs> just like Beth and Chelsea can too. But um, the, the thing is, is that she she really is a very good employee and i have to say that she's very helpful and um i i hope it's uh, she'll be here another five years ten years i i don't want to sentence her to anything <laughs> but uh very pleasant person so had a few changes at the town yeah, oh, she sure has. <laughs> all right yes mr chisholm Thank you, Mayor and Council. I just want to say, as far as Patty goes, every time somebody comes in the office, she's very thorough, and can you please sign in? She will not address you until you sign in. Unless you have baked goods and, and candy, then she will be she will forego the signing in process. But before you leave, you have to sign in. But again, thank you, Patty, for your years of service. Moving on to 9B, discuss the possible action on the fiscal year 2023 audit presentation by Colby and Powell, PLC. Mr. Johnson. Good evening, Mayor and Council. Tonight we have Scott Graff from the audit firm that was hired by the town to be the independent auditor. He will go over the financial statements, which the paper copy has been distributed to Council, and it's also available for the public on the town's webpage. And um, without further ado, I'll have Scott come up and feel free to ask any questions you might have. Thank you for being here, sir. Mayor, Council, my name is Scott Graff. Uh, I'm with Colby and Powell CPAs. We're your auditors. Um, happy to be here. Uh, in fact, uh, we always say that audits always begin with two lies, one from the town staff and one from the audit staff. When we arrive, the first lie is, hey, we're happy to see you. And then the response is, well, we're happy to be here. But uh, honestly, that's not the case here. The, the town staff has always treated us so so welcoming. Um, they uh, they embrace being audited because uh, they know they're, you know, in a good spot. And uh, we're happy always to, to be with people like that. So, um just in a perspective of just appearance and feel, 
the audit always begins really well. So we're always grateful for that. Um, we turn slides. Thank you. Um, first of all, you have in front of you something that looks like this. Uh, this is just your paper copy. You have also a, a PDF copy available online for everybody to see. Just want to talk a little bit about this because uh, there's a lot of paper in here. We can, you know, just skip around a little bit, but let's let's go through a little organization. Uh, the, if we look at the table of contents at the beginning, we're going to see some important things in here. One of those is the independent auditor's report. It, it's the one of the few things in here that has my letterhead on it. The reason is it's, it's from me to the general public, to yourself, and it gives you what we call an opinion, opinion on, the on your financial statements, which is everything that follows behind that letter. Uh, the financial statements are presented by your accounting staff, and we prepare an audit and an opinion on it. And, the, and if we were to read through this opinion, it basically says that it's free of what we call material misstatements. And so it's actually what it, I, I use, like to use a little bit easier terms. It's a clean opinion. It's the best opinion that a, a, a city or town could get on that I can offer for an audit financial statement. So congratulations on getting a clean opinion. If you if you read a little bit further into that letter, it would also identify what are the town's responsibilities, management's responsibilities for the financial statements, and what are the auditor's responsibilities for the financial statements. And uh, it, it pretty much tells you that the town is responsible for putting together a financial statement. But not only that is making sure you get you have good policies and procedures to ensure that you have a financial statement that's free from uh, errors we call them misstatements uh, misstatements can be by just making mistakes in error it also can be misstated by fraud so the town is responsible for finding or putting together policies and procedures to to minimize the risk of having those errors, whether they're caused by just mistakes or fraud. The auditor's responsibility is to test for that. And it's not to test every transaction. We do a risk-based approach. Uh, we look through your internal controls, your policies, procedures, uh, try to determine areas that might have higher risk than other areas. We do a lot of samplings. We sample and we, we look at invoices and we go through just like you think it would. We go, we go through the details, and so we could go through the details and, and provide an opinion whether the audit or the financial statement is free of material misstatements. When you hear the word material, it just means materiality means big enough that you're going to care about. And so you know, it's kind of hard to quantitate that or qualify that as well, but it's something that we have to do to determine, you know, is this... If, if it's off by a couple dollars, are we gonna talk about it? Um, if it's related to fraud and if it's immaterial, then we still are gonna talk about it. Um, we're gonna bring even a fraud up to the appropriate level of management. Sometimes that appropriate level of management would be right to the town council. Fortunately, we don't have anything to talk about today about that, so that's good news. 
Uh, the next section you'll see a page five through 11 is what we call a management discussion and analysis, MDNA is what they call it. It's a narrative view of the, of the financial statements. This was put together by, by your accounting staff and it gives it a little bit easier to read uh, analysis and summary. It also does some cool things. It puts like comparative things in from prior year to current year, helps the reader understand a little bit better. Describes a little bit like there's definitions of what these statements, what they're called, um, how they're used. So if there's anything that you're gonna skip, I wouldn't skip that. I would read the management discussion analysis. Good reading at night, right before bed, right? Um, the financial statements uh, in detail, there's uh, pages 12 through 13, government-wide financial statements. Again, management discussion analysis will give you some more detail on that. Um, fund financial statements are on pages 14 through 17. Uh, they're a little bit different type of a statement. There's a reconciliation in between the two statements to tell you how one number gets to another. Um, a lot of people find both statements useful. Uh, the fund statements would typically have your general fund, highway user revenue fund, your grants fund. Uh, you can look at each individual fund and say, what are the revenues that we collect in those funds? What are the exact expenses that are related to those? Do, are, they, are they producing enough revenue to cover their own costs type things? Are they subsidized a little bit by the general fund? Um, that information is really helpful in a fund financial statement. Um, government-wide is, is <laughs> the government-wide financial statements is, is helpful to be comparative to other towns. Um, other like, uh, other towns like yourself, you could say, you know, how are we comparing to, to another entity that's just like us? You know, right, right. <laughs> There's, you know, you're absolutely right. Uh, town, town of Dewey Humble is unique. Um, there are some towns that are kind of similar to yours, but it's very unique. Um, the very last part is an auditor report. So there's, so that's the second letter. It's at the very end. It relates to uh, internal controls. It just says that I've done some work to look at your internal controls, policies, and procedures, and through my work that I did, as it relates to my planning for my audit, if I discover something that is a weakness or a deficiency, this is where I would report that to give you, you know, to remember we talk about risk. This is where your risk would be. This is where you can make a correction. Fortunately, there wasn't anything that had to be reported in there as a warning that was significant enough to be put into this report. So there, there was really nothing in that report. Um, let's go to the next slide. Thank you. So this isn't really an audit report, but this is kind of me pulling out some numbers from your financial statements. Uh, this is a, these are governmental funds, meaning this is all your general fund, your highway user revenue fund, and your grants fund all put together in total. And Sometimes it's helpful to look at a comparison and say, where have we been and where are we now? And you can see and this is a, what we would call like an income statement. 
you know, if you've run a, your own business, a profit and loss, we put all of our current year revenues, we take away our expenditures. Uh, it will net change in fund balance down here. I highlighted it in yellow. That's like saying your net profit, or if it's in brackets or red, that would be your net loss. Uh, you could see, look at the comparisons between 2019 through 2023. Um, standard 650,000 back in 2019 to uh, current year, increasing each year to um, nearly $2 million for all your governmental funds. So it shows you, uh, you know, well, how's that happening? Well, look at your just tax revenues and your your intergovernmental revenues. A lot of that's going to be, I'll, I'll tell you, COVID is horrible. I'll tell you COVID was horrible. But COVID helped uh, bring in funds, especially for small towns, uh, that was very helpful to our bottom line. And this is, you can see in 2020, uh, going forward, uh, it was very helpful for the town of Dewey Humboldt. And that is reflective in the bottom line. Now, the green line at the very bottom is, is what we call our fund balance. You probably talked a lot with your finance staff in budget time about fund balance. Uh, fund balance is going up. This is your, your summary total. Uh, it goes up every year that you have an increase in your net change in fund balance. And you can see 2019 was at 5.3 million. Uh, 2023, it's accumulated to 11.25. So that's, that's doubling up your fund balance in just a short period of time. So uh, reasons for that, we just talked about. Some of those reasons are uh, just better economy, uh, additional tax revenues. Uh, some of it is uh, budgeting, uh, doing uh, budgeting your expenses in appropriate manner that helped build a reserve. Other, other things we got to look at too, and I, I'm, I know I'm getting into your finance person's discussions, but you know, obviously COVID monies are not continual. It won't be something that will be relied on going forward in the future. And so, you know, as you look to budget for the future, uh, understand it was great. We have good revenues. I don't know what the economy will do, but uh, constantly, constantly be aware that um, one-time monies are great, but they, you know, if you, if you incur expenses that are reoccurring every year, at some point that's going to get you. Right. Um, the next slide uh, is the other financial statement um, that I was talking about where we compare with other cities and towns. Uh, we can also compare with ourselves year in and year out. And this is 2019 through 2023. And the difference is instead of uh, net uh, fund balance, this is net position. Uh, the only difference is, is we're going to be with this financial information, we're gonna bring in all the capital assets, meaning all the infrastructure roads and all that stuff. The other one, we didn't do that. But we're also gonna bring in all the debt. In your case, really very little, uh, no, no actual debt other than there's a lease payable in there. But uh, we can actually look at 2023 and we see that our net position is also going up. It's going up about the same rate um, in over the year between 2022 and 23, 1.9 million. 
Uh, you'll see something called net investment capital assets, um, 3.6 million. We, we, the standards require us to put that in a different uh, category because it's really not something you spend, right? We're not going to go, oh, we got 3 million to spend on. It, it's, it's tied up in roads and in infrastructure. Um, restricted type items are tied up for purposes that are already called for. And then unrestricted, that's the one you want to look at. How is unrestricted? Uh, is it healthy? Is it growing? Is it de depleting? Uh, we always say if, if net position is increasing, it's sort of indicative of progress and growth. If it's going down, it would be more reclining uh, in, 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 in uh, your current situation. So, uh, you know, you can see it's going up in 2019. It was at nine million. Now it's at fourteen million. So kind of is reflective of the other statement. So, any questions? Yes, Mr. Uh, I don't know if you have the answer to it or not, but on your um, five-year comparison page, right? What? Um, hopefully, larger Dan can help. But what is this community development line item? Can we back back up one slide now? Yeah, one slide back. That. Okay, community development. Yeah, what is that? Planning. Planning. Yeah, it's building department. Building it's department. all the building department. Yeah. So that doesn't fall under engineering or um, public works. It's a separate department. That's how you so budget. Is that like um, what Stephen used to be and, and uh, what Robert is now, or is that a different department than what they are? Community development is uh, Stephen, himself, so Patty. As far as we look at personnel, okay. um, it's taking in building permits, processing that, doing inspections, um, and also planning. Did I answer your question? Uh, yeah, I'd like to move for the town council to accept the fiscal year 2023 annual financial statement as presented by the town's auditor and send a copy to the Arizona State Auditor General. Second. Second. Okay, motion made by Mr. Penn, second by Ms. Lance. Oh, yes. Yes. Second by Ms. Lance. It doesn't pertain to motion, it was before the motion, okay. so. Yeah, yes, very good. Uh, Ms. Ebert, go forward. Councilmember Finn? Yes. Councilmember Barron? Yes. Councilmember Rogers? Yes. Councilmember Nolan? Yes. Councilmember Mann? Yes. Mayor Hughes? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Jason Chisholm, Town of Dewey Humboldt, now that you passed that motion, I would like you guys to consider moving forward when you're discussing future budgets. You have all that excess funds there that is growing and growing and growing, now over $11 million. The stat, for, well, excess funds, Mr. Nolan, excess funds on that last page was eleven, close to $11 million. We should probably start looking at 
retention of our employees and helping our employees out, none of you would want to work a job where you're not getting benefits. So I know it's came before the council before on health care benefits. This is something that is near and dear to my heart. Um, so please take that in consideration moving forward. Thank you. With possible action on a proposed 2024 meeting dates and holidays. for the meetings in the holidays and let me see here and you'll see that uh, uh, the the breakdown of the holidays up on top um, that in the dates that they fall upon and then the uh, scheduled meeting dates as well as the planning and zoning uh, advisory commission meeting dates um, that we are showing for this next year. All right, thank you, Mr. Bill. Council have anything that they would like to add? Yes, Mr. Nolan. Yeah, it seems on a national holiday we're missing uh, Juneteenth. Need to add that. Mr. Sims. He said to add June 19th to the holidays. It's your call. You don't have to. Alright. Mr. Barron. Well, I don't know what we do here, but I'm opposed to that. So I don't know what uh, if it's a feel-good holiday for people or how it's been nationalized or statewide or whatever it is, but to me it's just one of those made up things and and uh i don't think this community uh recognizes it one bit so um i i would say no to it um i don't i got some, something to add but do we want to address the other that first part first i'm just wondering it is it's a national holiday national holiday by who by the government what government? Our government. National government. Federal government. Federal government. Just because they have something doesn't mean we got to sit there and acknowledge it. I think we ought to. Absolutely not. Just because they do something means we got to sit there and cowtail right down next to them? Hell no. Something like that? I'm not in favor of that. Well, your banks are closed. Oh, so, okay. So we go off of what the banks are too? Well, if you can't get into the bank, to do business, what do you do in a town? You keep working. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you keep working, but you, you, what do you do? You know, sure, you, you go. Where are you going to work? What can so you do? Does your, does your debit card bank? not work because the banks are closed? Just because you can't get into the bank, you you accommodate for it. You either go the day before or you go the day after. Just because the bank, bank's closed, you may not realize it. You pull up there and go, "Dad, gum it, the bank's closed. I'll come back tomorrow." But it doesn't mean your whole life shuts down just because the bank's closed. No, it doesn't. But there are other cities that... Uh, that Good for it, them other cities, and let's take yeah. a vote on it then. I think it's an important holiday. It's very important for, especially, you know, recognizes the National Day <laughs> that the black 
people are free at last. That's in the Constitution, Terry. That's, That's every single day no. of America. We all we, we don't need a specific day to sit there and acknowledge that the, those the slaves are free. That's every single damn day. You want to go back on Let's Martin see. Luther King Day, Mr. Nolan? Yes. Are you going to make it? Well, there you go. There's your I'll June motion. We, we got my acknowledge Juneteenth. Okay, motion by Mr. Nolan for June nineteenth. Any seconds? Second, Mr. Nolan. Okay. All right. So my second, can I address that? Yes. I have a second question. Yeah, go ahead. So I know Amy brought this up last year. I don't know if I beat her to the punch, but on uh, election day, it seems to be pretty prominent that uh, the, the council doesn't have meetings due to it. So do we want to accept canceling that meeting now and not waste everyone's time or can we all commit to the fact that um, on such a, a, a day where we have five seats this year open up, that we're all going to commit to being here? Instead be of just August one? November. Oh, for November fifth. General election, yeah. no, not for our election. The general. I know the last two years it seems. Well, last year's meeting, I believe, was canceled. I think the years before no, was. No. They've never canceled. It was never canceled until last year, and for some reason, it was canceled last year. I don't know why. Um, but it's never canceled. Yeah. Yeah. I don't see why we would cancel it, but at the same time, because our meeting starts at 6.30, the, the polls close at 7. Anybody who works doesn't always come to our meetings or does they can get to the polls before seven i don't know that's just my opinion so is there a reason there's no reason to scratch it not in my opinion but if you guys want to vote on it I, because I'm last year people decided that they didn't want to be here that night i would just like a commitment that the fact we'll all be here and not waste the public's time unless there is an obligation that we need to address, then let's address it now and not have to deal with that in, in uh, 10 months or whenever it is. Yeah, I, I think I'm good with it. This uh, outlines our ordinance and I don't really agree with the putting the time in the ordinance, but it's what it is, so I guess I like it the way it is. All right, Ms. Lance. If, we're going, if we were going to, we would might as well cancel both the, the two Tuesdays, the one in August and the one in November, because, but again, I'm not in agreement with it. It wasn't then, it's still not, all right? Keep the dates. Keep the dates. So it's everybody oh. here. Okay, go ahead, Mr. Ben. Make a motion that we accept the presented 9C for 2024 holidays and scheduled meeting dates. Second. All right, motion been made by Mr. Finn, seconded by Mr. Nolan. Any discussion on the motion? Okay, seeing none. Ms. Evans, roll call vote, please. Councilmember Finn. Yes. Councilmember Barron. Yes. Councilmember Rogers. Yes. Councilmember Borland. Yes. Councilmember Lance. Yes. 
Yes. Thank you, Ms. Evans. Item 9D, Council Regional Organization Appointments Pursuant to Public Body Policy PG Number TC20-01 Regional Organization Appointments. Start with uh, SIMPO. Um, I was on there last year. I am the vice chair, so I would like to stay on if possible. I agree. Okay, Mr. Finn? I would like to be an alternate if you're unavailable, if that's possible. Okay. Everybody okay with that? I don't care. You okay? Can go anyway. <laughs> All right. Northern Arizona Council of Governments. Nate I was on that. Okay. I would like to retain that. All right. Um, who would like to be the secondary? I'll do it. Okay. Jeremy Barron's is second. All right. And then Yavapai Regional Medical Center, uh, Board of Electors. Um, I was on that. Since Dignity has taken over, I don't know how the, how it's going to be. I'll retain it if nobody else wants to be on there. But it is something that you have to make every meeting. There's not very many, but if you miss one, you, you might as well not show up to any of them. So it's up to you. I don't mind being on it. All right. I'm good with that. Everybody else good with that? Good with that. Okay. Greater Arizona Mayor's Association. You need to be on that. All right. I was on it, and I be on it. All right. And then Mr. Nolan asked to be second. Is everybody good with that? Can we do vice whoever is going to be vice mayor? That would be more efficient. I agree with that. Okay. All right. So we move that one to whoever becomes vice mayor. Yeah, by county local emergency planning committee. I was on that one. They had one meeting last year, so. Elementary school. Okay. Mr. Barron asks, is everybody good with that? Yeah, I'll back that up. Okay. And Ms. Rogers will be the second. All right. You got direction there, Mr. Phil? Okay. Any discussion on that one? We're going to move forward. All right. Just curiosity. So last year I didn't pick to be on any of these. Yeah. On these, do there are there emails that send out because it seemed like last year nobody uh or i was told that kathma didn't hold any meetings and stuff do they reach yeah. out like each Kaffman, each time Kaffman you're doing a, have, a meeting to... meetings last year they okay they have them about every month so, so the staff gets the information yeah. to them and then they get a hold of the yeah. individual to, to do it okay yes. yep and they're usually around five o'clock um yeah all right nine e Appointment of the vice mayor for a one-year term pursuant to Dewey Humboldt Code of Ordinances. And um, item E says appointment of vice mayor absent a vote or non-competent of the second regular council meeting 
It's similar each year. The town council shall appoint the most senior council member who has not already been the vice mayor and has served on the council for at least one year in the vice mayor's position for a one-year term or until a new vice mayor is appointed. If no council member meets the above criteria, the person to be appointed declines the appointment. The most senior council member shall be appointed to serve as the vice mayor for one year. Yes, Ms. Lance. So um, do we make a motion? Because I'm trying to figure out. Who's the So Jeremiah would be the, so, the next vice mayor in that situation, correct? So no. her, the town, um, Denise will be first. Terry. Well, historically, I have been the mayor, but not at yes. this. Oh, so he was. He was after when then? I, it's whoever like, has been a vice. They're before him. They're senior, but they've been vice mayors before. Oh, they haven't. You, you've not been a vice mayor last time you were on council. Last time I was on council, yeah, yeah. And Terry too. years ago. No. Yes. Okay. I have a little so, thing that says so, vice so mayor. It, it goes Denise, Terry, Jeremiah, and Matt. Okay. So, so do we need to so, make a motion? Do we? Uh, yeah. Denise, are you willing to be the vice mayor? I have a comment. Yeah. Okay. Okay, hang on. Sure. Okay. All right, you can come up, say your comment. Lee Clef, Dewey Humboldt. This is not what you did last year. Last year, Amy had been on there longer. There were several of them, but you guys demanded it to be Barry Thomas. So every several of you had already been on there, and Mark McBrady and all of them, but you guys picked him. Mark McBrady had just been called, and then you guys said no because he had already been vice mayor once. So now you're changing the rules again. This happens every single time. So if you're following the rules, it should be Jeremiah. Okay, well, I'll pull it up so you can watch. And so is Mark McBrady. So has Denise. They've all been Mark. Do you get the point? Mark was re-voted on, and he had just started. So you guys are changing. This is getting crazy. It's really getting to be bad. I, I guess where I'm seeing the confusion, we'll have to, to figure it out, is if you've already been up here once in your life and you've already been a vice mayor, my interpretation of it is, is it goes to the next person. But Bill, do you have something to say to that? I was going to say, I don't, I don't know what you've done. I don't care what they've done. It's what it is. If they did something wrong in the past. Wait, wait, wait. Bert just said. These are the current people on the council. You don't go back to when Denise was on the years ago why not yeah but it's only for a one-year term so with the election cycles being staggered that would never work anyways am i right so my question is Beth, are you saying that you interpret this to mean during the you don't relate back to prior periods on council that's where it's unclear that's, that's where it's unclear I, I, i'm asking what you've done in the past do you, do you only look at this term, or do you look historically? Historically. Both ways. They do whatever they want, is what they've done. Yes. It, it's however the card falls, so there's there's no rule. You've been here eight months. You should know this already, Bill, how this works. So I think a little more certain than that. 
But to answer Matt's question, if you interpret this to mean you go back to time immemorial, and then you're barred. But if you interpret this to mean it only applies to the current term, you're not barred. So that's the question. You need to make a decision as a council which of those two interpretations you wish to implement. So are we going off of? So Mr. Field, how'd you come up with these? So Denise and, and Terry were voted on in August. I came in in November, which is theoretically still a one-year term. All three of us qualify for it, correct? No, they're, they're a four-year term. No, no, no. I'm saying the duration of time has been one year oh, yeah. for this yes. for, to meet the criteria of this. Yes. So then Denise said something about votes the more the person with the more votes is I that read, i don't read that i don't think no. no i don't think i said anything about that i thought you didn't you say no. something about votes well, I don't, no. No. I, can i can i yeah yeah oh in the election but it's still in the same one year time frame so it should be the three of us all the votes qualify for who had the most votes in the last year. It doesn't matter that they had an election two months prior to my election. It's still in the same year time span. Well, who wants the responsibility here? Exactly. You know, no, it's not the responsibility. It's the fact of getting a consistent theme in place here for it to not constantly oh, be a battle I agree. one year after another after another I agree. and this cons it seems like that's just the way it keeps going so where is the rule of order here what are we following because we're, if we're this asking, is our we're asking you mr simpson if, if this is our little correction here this is piss poor pathetic right now are there And of those three, four, actually. Four. of those four, have any served as vice mayor during the current term? Sorry, Mr. Sims. The clear reading, what this says is, has never been a vice mayor, so that would go back to prior term. Okay. That's what this says. That's my interpretation. That's my interpretation. So, that, so now, now the question is, how many people have been on for a year who have never, ever been vice mayor? One. One. I would certainly be happy. Oh, I've never been a vice mayor. So, so Terry and, and Mr. Barron's are. And then the question is, who of those is the most senior? They both have been on a year. It's, it's the same. We were both no, no, no. on the same day. No, no. His election was before. August no. of one of you may yeah, be more senior than the other. Yes, it would have been Mr. Nolan. Senior in, in what in what capacity? He was voted in in August. August and then but he wasn't sworn in. Yeah, are you we going off the votes in, in or are you going time. off the swearing in? This, oh. That's where it gets complicated because we were both sworn in the same day. He was voted in in August, but he still sat up there as a community member until December. Well, technically, you don't serve until you have So now you're telling me, so now you're telling me there are two people who, who have been up more than a year, they have, they're simultaneous, and not one is senior than the other. Neither has ever been vice mayor. Is that what you're telling me? Yes. Yes. No. This, this what, what was the date? December. Yeah. 
Can we go maybe to who had the most votes at that point then? Making that up. You don't want. I don't know. I I, I, I'm just saying to be able to get through this because this is a lot more than I thought it was going to be. We'll just hear you. That's a dumb question. Do you want to be vice mayor or not? Yeah, I'll do it. All right, there we go. So, they, so both of them so want to be vice mayor. Okay, so now you as a council can so decide how you break the tie. You can either do it by a game of chance or you could do it by looking at the number of votes. I'm going to let the count, let the citizens speak, and then we'll go from there. Okay. Come on up, Ms. Collins. <laughs> During last year's circus, everybody disqualified the previous vice mayors regardless of when they served because we wanted a flunky certain person wanted a flunky in that chair and now we want another flunky in the same chair. So um, I think we ought to use the standards that were used last year because it worked last year and we ought to point that guy who's not a flunky. Thank you. Mr. Ostrow. Hi, Greg Ostrow, Dewey. I would just say, what's a practical solution? You're spending a lot of time on who's what this is not a new wheel to be invented. There have been other bodies like this who I think it's concurrent. Whoever is mayor, there's a vice mayor for the same period of time. So people can plan and know what they're doing. You may want to consider doing what's been done by many others so that you don't run into every year who's on first. What I'm don't I know? You, well, I was going to ask you because weren't you the first vice mayor? I was so the first how, vice mayor. So how did you get there when there was none before? I'll tell you how. Um, before we were sworn in, we met at who became the mayor, Tom Hinsey's house, all of us who had been picked by the Board of Supervisors. And someone said, well, who wants to be mayor? Tom said he would. They went, good. And then they turned to me and said, and you're vice mayor. So that's how it happened. So I served that first year by the acclamation of my peers. But, and so I served for the one year that I was appointed. I didn't continue after that. If I would have, uh, there was an election. But my point is, it seems to me, you don't have to invent a new wheel. Make your vice mayor concurrent with the mayor. Uh, and maybe there's political reasons. I don't know why, but that seems to be like presidents and vice presidents. They actually run it, you know, they're at the same time. So I don't know why we're inventing a new wheel. Thanks for listening. addressing you but it's towards the attorney can the community vote in this room right now and just get it done no um it should be pretty open and shut at this point we want a vice mayor who has to recuse himself and not participate in any super fun meetings moving forward from this point thanks I'll make a motion to nominate Jeremiah to be the vice mayor. Okay. Mr. Finn, seconded by Ms. Lance. Any discussion on the motion? 
Okay, Miss Evans, roll call vote. Are we within the ordinance doing that, Bill? Okay, what you just done is you've now figured out a way to break the tie. Okay. Rather than go votes, rather than game of chance, okay. you as the elected officials are going to move and make a decision yourself. Okay. And that's what usually most towns do. Anyways. Yes. Okay. I just want to make sure. Yes, you're okay. All right. Councilmember Fan. Yes. Councilmember Barron. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Did you even want it? <laughs> I didn't know if I should you vote or not. Show up. <laughs> oh, yeah, conflict. I didn't know if it was a conflict. Councilmember Rogers? Yes. Councilmember Nolan? No. Councilmember Lance? Yes. And Barry Yes. All right, that's just five of them. Can I ask a question? Yes, Mr. So, can we, um, can we, like, establish some sort of rule so it's a little bit thicker than what it is on paper so it doesn't keep happening like this? Do we do that tonight, or does that have to be a yeah. different code? Right days. now, take your code. And I think the better reading of the code is you go back into time immemorial. So if someone was ever the vice mayor, he or she is barred. And so it's in your code. And we just, you just broke the code. The problem was you had two people who met the criteria, and they were simultaneously appointed to the council. Therefore, they were they were equally applicable to the – and then you decided to break it by a vote of the elected officials. That's perfectly appropriate. I think it's better than a game of chance. Better than looking at prior So, so can, can you put that on in, in our? It's, it's, in it's already there. No, no, no. He's talking about the vote. So this the vote. doesn't happen again. You know, so that we oh, put the vote. Oh, there's a specific a defin definition. Yes, I got you. Break the tie by Yeah, yes. This happens every year, and it's okay. We should add that. Yeah, yeah. If you could, that would be great. Thank you, thank you. Yes, Miss Clough. Yes, Lee Clough, Dewey Humboldt. So I want to remind everybody that as soon as we did this last year, the vice mayor plate was put up. So where's Jeremiah's vice mayor plate? Please don't tell me it wasn't ordered. Because you, they ordered Barry Thomas's way before December. And it was they tried to put it up on the first meeting of December. I stopped the vote because they couldn't vote till the third. And now where's Jeremiah's vice mayor plaque? That's the problem. They plan, they plan everybody ahead. So that should have been ordered. I just, you're right, but no, that should have already been ordered. Then why did they do Barry Thomas's last year? Nine F. Conduct a public hearing on proposed ZMC 23-002 to amend the zoning map. Of the town of Dewey Humboldt to change the zoning designation of assessor parcel APN 402-09028W located at 12822 East Main Street from R1-10 residential single family to C1-1 commercial neighborhood sales and services. Mr. Field. Uh, yes, I have uh, Robert Davis here, and he can be the one that presents this. So we, we have a couple of moving parts with this. Um, we're getting, um, I have Robert Garcia and Joe Garcia, which um, they're they're part of this. So um, Miss Evans is, is getting uh, Joe Garcia on the phone. He's at, actually out of town. Um, so let's give him a second to get that going. 
Nell Carlsmith, Planning and Zoning. Uh, we had a meeting regarding this uh, proposed change from residential to commercial. We voted yes on the issue. However, we addressed some of the issues um, or concerns that, that we had, one of them being parking, uh, sufficient parking in uh, the lot itself. It's an odd parcel odd shape parcel, but the way uh, the layout um, was presented, it seems um, seems reasonable if it's just a takeout restaurant. Um, so uh, we voted yes on it. Um, there's some hurdles that he has to overcome. One being there's an active water pipe in that lot. And then also, um, Traffic. Uh, that's one. I think those are the the challenges that he's facing. So um, I had uh, written to the town regarding some of the paperwork uh, in order to protect the town, the property owner, um, because of of the application. Um, it's an LLC, and Mr. Garcia was presenting the information. However, it's not clear who has signing authority with the LLC. So all of that has to be taken into consideration. Through, through the application process. So um, it's a challenge, but we supported it and we all voted yes. All right, thank you. All right, so I think we're ready to go. Um, Mayor and Town Council, I have before you re at this rezoning, ZMC 23-002. Um, the background on this rezoning, I have the applicants, uh, Joe and Robert Garcia, they're for quality estate investments. They're, request, they're requesting a change to the zoning uh, for a development. Uh, they want to put in a takeout restaurant. So this rezoning is the first step in the planning, and uh, it's they have many hurdles to go over, like you just heard. But this is the first one, so they can actually start the, the planning stage and, and get to the next. It's kind of hard to plan anything if you don't don't know that you actually have the commercial property to do it. This fits within the town of Dewey's ordinance. Uh, uh, C1, the C1 district allows for restaurants and cafes. Uh, one of the odd oddities of our, our zoning is the fact that you can't have a drive through. So this restaurant is takeout only, as you heard. There's no, there's no internal dining space. There's just going to be a counter to pick stuff up. And so uh, it's not drive-through, and it's actually not eat-in. That model is based on on takeout. Um, the uh, let's see. Um, oh, so the surrounding zoning, um, Miss Evans, if you can go to the, I believe it's the next slide. Okay, so the surrounding zoning kind of supports this uh, this move. So his parcel is, this is, this is going to be Main Street, and his parcel is right here. And so you have the post office, uh, and you have the town hall, which is all, all zone um, C1, C2. And then you have Main Street here, which is C1. So it, it kind of fits into that, uh, that planning, uh, what's already there. Uh, this, the financial impact for this is going to be minimal. Obviously, the benefit would be we would see some, the town would see some transaction privilege tax, so that's a positive thing. It's, it's consistent with the general plan. The proposed 
zone change if approved would be consistent with the town of Dewey Humboldt's 2009 general plan, which includes this property in an area along State Route 69 and Humboldt's Main Street. So, um, Sevens, could you go to the next slide? And this is another another picture. Um, we have the property right here, and as you can see, the you know as you can see, if you follow the colors, it 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 definitely this piece almost looks like it's left out of the conversation. So the area uh, north, south, east, west. The uh, you know if you look at this uh, east and west, uh, definitely support it. And as you go north and south on the 69 corridor, uh, we have uh, you know stuff that's uh, definitely close. Uh, so at this point in time, the, the, when it comes to comments received, so part of the process, I'm going to have Robert Garcia highlight the citizen participation plan, which is part of this process. He has to do, they have to do an outreach and, and get that information out. And I want him to go over a condensed version of what this outreach looked like in some of the, the comments. Um, as a town, as, as, as plain uh, planner for the town, I was required to send out notices within 300 feet, uh, letting people know that this was going on and this was a possibility. Within that 300 feet of the property, there was roughly 35 properties that met that criteria. The density is kind of high, so that, that to me that was a lot. Uh, I got two of the letters back, two of the letters that didn't find their way. Nobody picked up their mail within that time frame. Out of those 33 letters that were received i got zero uh feedback you know and typically no news is good news so you know nobody reached out like hey i don't uh don't uh want it and my experience working with mr garcia is that typically he understands the community and he want he you know he went and talked to the neighbors and, and dealt with the neighbors so meaning you know he he found out what their needs and wants and issues were and and, and worked with them to make this success as well so um, yeah, so 35, uh, 35 letters went out uh, and then no uh, return comment. At this point, uh, before I continue with the staff report, I would like uh, Robert Garcia to go over the, the participation plan, a condensed version of that, what that looked like, what information was put out there in the community, and, and that way you have an idea on what, what was done. Mr. Garcia? So we had a citizen participation meeting on September 29th, we were able to invite the public online and through door-to-door -door when we went knocking. Uh, we had about 28 total people show up to that first participation meeting, uh, more positive than negatives. We also did a little bit of outreach on our end as well. We paid to have about 200 postcards sent to our actual post office. We did receive 63 of those back. Um, a total of 60 were in agreement the three that were in disagreement did not provide a reason. I do have copies of all of those as well to share if you'd like. And then we did actually have some more positive responses online. I did post to our online community book for Dewey Humble, and the more positive the community was, they want more options in the area to be able to benefit, enjoy a meal at home. I grew up here since 99, and the hardest thing to do was find a cooked meal unless you wanted to drive 25 minutes. And we all know how rough that could be. Um, the other thing is we did get some support to, um, from David Nystrom. So he was on the uh, town council before. We tried to purchase a piece of their current property that Dewey Humboldt Society has. 
Um, it was unsuccessful. We tried to present a fair offer, but I think they have other plans for that piece of land in the future as well. So that's kind of how we got to this property itself. Uh, we did check out one other property on the backside of Prescott Street, but after further digging, there's just too much contamination and cost joined with it to build something on it would not be financially viable. Then if we could go to the slide, um, kind of just the layout of where the building preliminary may be. One more. There you go. So that's the what our property kind of looks like. So if you see the outline towards the bottom, if everybody's familiar with this property, it's right next to the post office. It's got those two big pillars with a gate. The plan is to make it as wide as you see there, which will allow for two vehicles to come in and out of. We are putting the building furthest over to the corner because as you heard, we do have the main water line that runs straight through the middle of that property. We also have a um, gas line that runs through the back of the property. So that's kind of why you see the building there in that specific area. Um, so that's the design we came up with. We're going to try to stay in design with that actual town itself and keep a western theme to the building so it'll fit in with the rest of the buildings around it. And you can see an example of that on the next slide. There you go. And as Robert explained earlier, it is going to be a kitchen concept style restaurant. And I say it that way because it's meant to have a purpose for the community. It's meant to be able to provide a good food option at an affordable price. And the main reason I like is I like cooking different things. Kitchen concept style restaurant allows you to change your menu when you need to, especially when you try to get local items to bring it in. So that was the whole plan with having a to-go style restaurant only. We do understand that the community wants sit-in. We tried our hardest to get a property where we could do that. It's just this is where we're at at this point. You guys have any questions? Yes, thank you. Uh, first of all, and this has nothing to do with you, the ordinance that says we cannot have a drive-through in our town is absolutely stupid. This is my opinion. <laughs> Secondly, um, I agree. You, you um, they, they, Robert said that you were going to be a pickup only, but you were planning on delivery. So that, in, in some hopeful statement, will alleviate a little bit of the foot or car traffic. Is that still in the plans? Absolutely. So the, we have plan to have in-house delivery because with our community, it's a lot of older members. And not many of them are smart app phone friendly and they're not using DoorDash or Uber Eats or all those. And we will have an in-house driver as well that lives within the community. The plan with him is he'll be coming to the restaurant when there's an order and going back home. And he's very local, like two streets down. So that's our plan for that as well. So I just want to first off state that I, I like the idea. I think there's more businesses needed in this town. The revenue aspect is incredible. Um, I have a big family, so the last thing I want to do is go sit down somewhere. I'd rather go pick up my food, go home, enjoy it in the comfort of my home. So I love the idea. I, I love I love what the, the plan is here. I, I, I just have a couple of concerns. If you don't get this zoning, What's the what's the objective for the property? Put something on there that looks pretty. 
And it's currently oh, as residential. So. Residential. Okay. So I just noticed this in your virtual responses. Two of your positive comments are in favor of it because they don't want to see a house there. So it kind of contradicts their support of it. Um, the other thing that I have a big hard problem with is I was told this about the last meeting and I witnessed it for myself tonight. I'm not a big favor. I'm not in favor of people that don't support our country. Whether you can stand for the flag and the Pledge of Allegiance. But I did not see any participation. This chairman has no reverence to this thing whatsoever. I'm stating my opinion. You can stay the heck out of it because it's my time, not yours. Mr. Simpson. It's my opinion. It is your opinion, but this is a land use matter. We should try to keep your discussion going. Okay. All right. Not yet. Open public comment will be when the open meeting comes. So, uh, you know, closing on the staff report, um, I recommend for this uh, rezoning to go through. And uh, my understanding is there needs to be another um, meeting. Uh, there needs to be a second one uh, before this can go through. But uh, my closing uh, comment would be that I, uh, you know, if this, this should go through. All right. So now we're going to go into open public. Yes, coming up, Ms. Preston, and then you, Mr. Mastro. So I just want to tell you guys the experience that I've had with the, the Garcias and looking for the right property. Um, the property on Prescott Street, they, they did do more than their due diligence um, in looking for the contamination. They contacted me to see what we could find out about the property any guidance um, provided by EPA. This plays into our whole other issue in EPA not providing guidance to our community and how to build on remediated properties. Um, and ultimately, with them trying to do it the right way, be protective of human health and everything, it was just too much. And like I said, there wasn't the right guidance. So um, I think we need more people like them in the community that are looking out for the health of the citizens. So I would suggest that we, we approve it and give them a shot. Thank you, Ms. Preston. Thank you, Mayor and Council, um, Greg Ostro, Dewey. What would be the projected sales tax from the business to the town? So we're estimating approximately first year about 100000 It's not the first restaurant. To the town. Year. Overall sales for us, so about no, I'm 10, saying, I'm saying the tax. amount to the town. About 10000 in sales tax. The first year. Approximately and then the third year? Third year? Yeah. It, yeah, that's, that's going to be hard. Uh, it's hard. It depends to on if you go and buy food there. Well, yeah. <laughs> those in business know that you look at one year, two years, three years, so it's not an inept question. It's a logical question for those who have business acumen. Um, I don't know why um, you haven't seen the survey that was done for the current general plan update, which says no more commercial. Um, the, next, the last thing I would say is you generalized and said well, most people favored, but not as many didn't favor it. What are, where are the numbers in your report? Yes, they are, and that's available, so I can share that with you. 
But was it 50-50? Like yeah. approximately 63 we received, 60 positive, 3 negative. But no response in the comments on why they were negative. Okay. So I would, I would just say in closing, as you consider it, uh, do we convert to more commercial when it's contrary to the survey? And thank you. Uh, Cordis Lakes, my name is Herman Chalou. Uh, I, I know everybody from Cordis is excited to see a new pizza place coming up, you know, closer. And, uh, you know, I think it's a good opportunity for everybody around to, you know, even uh, get to know each other more as a nice little spot to, you know, take a, a food away. Um, and I know the Garcias are going to build something very unique and really nice. They're not going to cut corners. So uh, definitely they're going to have a nice building, uh, kind of going with the theme with uh, uh, the, the city. Thank you. Christy Bagwell, Dewey, Humboldt. I think it's a terrific idea, and I'm extremely proud of the way the zoning is being directed to be not open commercial, but the C1, which is for community, I believe is a very smart move. I, I went to the community outreach. I enjoyed meeting Joe and Robert. I love what they're planning to do. I love the idea of changing up the menu and so on. And I think it's a terrifically responsible use of the rezoning. Thank you. Hi, everybody. Uh, first time here. Uh, like it so far. Really good. I just want to say, uh, I, uh, Frank. Frank, yes. Um, I, I don't really. Yeah, I don't really know a street yet, but. I'll come back with more information on that. Uh, I just, I just, I kind of like the fact that this is going to bring kind of sort of the community together in a lot of sense of way, and we can kind of get to know one another a little bit better because of this. Especially the fact like we both go and pick up some food, then we can interact with other people we might not have had interactions with, and it also gives us a time to kind of become one more with the community again. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Thank you. Yes, come on up. Annie Drake, Dewey Humble, and I think the restaurant's a good idea. We need more businesses. We need more revenue in town. And Jeremiah, I promise you, I'm sure they don't mean any disrespect to the country. I happen to know we have a whole lot of Jehovah Witnesses who live in town who also will not stand for the flag. It's not disrespectful for, they're not trying to be disrespectful, but I support the restaurant. That was all. Lee Clough, Dewey Humboldt. Would this count as a commercial kitchen and we could hire them for some of our events? That's another thought, sorry. Can have, since we can't do it ourselves, we can have it somewhere and they can cater it. 
Just a thought. Thanks. Jason Chisholm, Town of Dewey Humboldt resident. Um, there's a water main going through that property. Um, I've had several people address me as friends of mine. One of them being the owner of the water company. Um, it was said during that planning and zoning meeting that, that there's not a prescriptive easement and he's granted the permission for that water line to be run through there. That water line's been, main's been there for over a hundred years. That water main was there before this town even became a town. That water main was there right about the time that the mining commenced in this town. So for somebody to say that that water, that they've allowed that water line to be through there is an incorrect statement because that water main will continue to be through there. It's the such thing is called a prescriptive easement. It has not been done. However, it can be done. Um, that water main's not going to go anywhere. Uh, Mr. Garcia called, Ms. called Mr. McLean to come out and locate that water main. He was not aware of exactly where it was, like landmark, but he went out there with his hydrovac and he plunged the pressure washed and plunged the ground to find exactly where that was. He's worked with the Garcias on this countless times. Um, you know, this is Humboldt Water Systems and Mr. Garcia working together. This shows that, you know, a business entity and a utility company can can work together on this. Um, I'm all for this takeout restaurant. Um, I spoke with the postmaster over here at the post office the other day. Uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact, uh, and I said, I asked her a question. I said, would you be for the? Would you be for this establishment using your parking lot? And she said, absolutely not. Um, she would request that they put a fence up. So I would like when the if the council when the council this has their discussion on this, I would like this to be of the utmost concern because that is a federal government leasing from a private landowner. The landlord tenant act states that that. The t landlord temporarily relinquishes rights to that property to the prospective tenant for the duration of that lease, this tenant being the federal government. Ms. Carl Smith said earlier um, that this would be many of the hurdles to be jumped through. So I would, I, I would just like to point out that, you know, the post office has expressed that they do not they have 17 spots over there. They do not want this establishment being next door using their parking lot. Thank you for your time. Anybody else? All right. Seeing none, we're going to close public hearing, and then we'll go to council discussion. Yep, I guess. Um, so I, I know that the Garcia family has had a lot of um, improvements in the community and everything. I, I'm just wondering how economically advantageous it would be to put a house on that plate and that property as opposed to this building when some property has opened up right across the street that was you've probably noticed was not for sale and apparently not even considered by the owners when you guys were looking for property there's three parcels right there that are all together that are mm, 0.62 acres or something flat 
I can't speak to whether there's water mines or, I mean, water lines or gas lines there or whatever, but I just wondered if that might have crossed through your minds that, well, maybe it would be easier to put a house here than a business that was going to have traffic in and out like some of the objections have been. And look across the street at that flat <laughs> property. We did take a look at the all available properties that were available for sale at the time. We also went out to some local neighbors off of Prescott Street that have empty commercial lots that are just sitting there vacant that did not really want to sell. So that's why we went this route to see. Maybe some of those thought were thinking about, oh, maybe we could sell that, you know, because they're only just recently on the market. Correct. And we've been in the works with this for about a year and a half already yeah. looking for property. Eventually, you got to jump. <laughs> right. Miss Lance. Thank you. Um, first thought, and here you're probably not going to think it's relevant. However, Mr. Chisholm spoke of a 100-year-old water main and um, being right under their property. I was under the impression, and we were told, that all the, all the water pipes had been replaced. Um, and so if that's 100 years old, is that going to break at some point? And what do we do? I mean, is that something that they're going to have to look at in the future? All right. You want to answer that, Mr. So the, the water line issue was brought up early on because there, there was some utility concerns. I know in talking to Joe Garcia, you know, he's been in contact with the water company. The, my understanding was the game plan was to keep any substantial uh, infrastructure off of that water line. And I think he even mentioned that he was, they were going to install pavers. So if it had to be serviced, it, it, it could be easily serviced and wasn't going to call or cause him uh, a financial hardship. I know that he, so he, I know for a fact he's been in contact with the water company and, you know, obviously he's going to have to that that's part of the process uh, beyond that i can't i can't say and that's kind of why we position the building where it's at so in case anything ever does happen to that pipe it's not going to affect the building at all can i move this forward yes okay um i'd like to make a motion to move we are there right okay uh, move to approve ordinance 23199 to change to the zoning map Town of Dewey Humboldt to change the zoning of assessor parcel number 4020928W from R110 to C11. Special neighborhood sales and services. Motion been made by Mr. Finn, seconded by Mr. Nolan. Any discussion on the motion? Okay, seeing none. Ms. Evans, roll call vote, please. Hey, Councilmember Finn. Yes. Councilmember Barron. No. Councilmember Rogers. Yes. Councilmember Nolan. Yes. Councilmember Lance. Yes. Councilmember Lance. Yes. Mayor Hughes. Yes. Thanks, Robert. Yes. For the presentation. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Moving on to item 9G. Are you guys going to? Mayor, members of council, we included that only if you wish to go into executive session. Okay. I believe you don't need to. Okay. To the extent you 
you wish to give legal advice, you have the right then to motion to go into each session. And the majority of you wish to, you can. Okay. So let's just go ahead and stay out of an executive session and roll with it. And if I, if I could begin, Mr. Nolan, uh, and you and I have had this discussion many times. Uh, I believe you have a conflict because we're going to be talking about here. Uh, you have said to me that you would, you, you would not participate in the discussion. And, and, and uh, there have been some in the community who believe that I need to inform you you have to remove yourself from the dais. <laughs> that is not consistent in most cities and towns. Some do, some don't. Those who do argue that by sitting there and having visual expressions, and how, and you, you could be communicating and being a participant in, in the discussion. To the extent you have visual gestations, I will then ask you to step down. Otherwise, I understand you will not participate in this discussion. You're listening to it as a member of the public, and not as a member of council. Do I have a confirmation of your views? I'm going home. Okay. <laughs> All right. I've made it easy. I couldn't just stop. Right. I wish you'd have said that. I could have shut up. <laughs> Go ahead, Mr. Mr. Mayor. Uh, this really continues in the long path that started in mid-spring mid when the EPA came and met with your constituents. Uh, you, your vision, you have directed uh, your, your, your team to, in effect, work with the community, communicate with the community, and identify community needs so that three things could be done. So that, one, we could take steps to make sure that the $83.5 million can be deployed. Secondly, so it can be deployed in such a way that doesn't necessarily diminish your use. You saw Mr. Hamula give you pictures of domes with vacant space for, 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 that goes on for tens of thousands of feet. Our goal is, is to figure out a way to have use. That's the third issue, is to allow you to exercise your rights under land use to, in effect, create institutional controls that do, do things, protect public health and safety, and permit some degree of use. Your manager wrote a letter on December 8th to the EPA that really culminated and followed all the discussions you had with Mr. Hamill and your team to, to, in effect, articulate for the EPA the types of uses and flexibility you wish to have while preserving public health and safety. Literally, a few days later, we got a response from the EPA, and I'm mildly encouraged. I will quote from that response. This is a letter back to Dan. You also discussed a layering approach for institutional control intended to authorize reuses compatible with and protective of planned engineering controls at the site. EPA looks forward to working with ADEQ in the town to develop an appropriate mix of town zoning ordinances, the Declaration of Environmental Use Restrictions under Arizona law, and other institutional controls for this purpose. Here's the next good sentence. We are available to meet with the town and ADEQ representatives after the town submits the revised general plan and various proposed zoning ordinances to us in early 2024. That sentence triggers both the state statute and your very code that says you have to give them 60 days notice when you concerning the general plan that you will be considered. That gives us the opportunity to challenge EPA and ADEQ to work with us and your staff to make sure that the uses are compatible with public health and flexible uses. The manager reported to you at the last session that, that both Ashley and Mel have been added 
as representatives on, on the team. They have been invaluable as they, unlike suits driving up from Phoenix, can communicate to the constituents both a need and can listen to the constituents. Councilmember Lance pointed out that we are you are about to undertake a massive outreach to your constituents to, to explain public health requirements. That's key because you have the tools to protect public health and safety. ADEQ has a responsibility to assist you in protecting public health and safety. So what we intend to do is to communicate to, to the ADEQ, communicate to EPA, and to communicate to the variety of government agencies to include the county, AD, and ADWR, the kinds of steps you intend to deploy in the, in the general plan. You have seen the general plan, you've seen the comments. The general plan will be the overarching vision that you have for your community. That then will learn from, and this is where the, 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 well, Ashley and Mel are working on this, is we're gonna have many, many sessions with your constituents from the U of A, the Yavapai County, ADHS, to identify the kinds of public health concerns that have to be addressed. And in some cases, EPA hasn't addressed. What we intend to do in the general plan is to correct the omission that, occur, that exists in your current 2009 plan as one <coughs> sentence that relates to the Superfund site. We, we intend, with your concurrence, to identify options, to identify ways that $82.5 million can be deployed to promote the interest of your jurisdiction. We then can come back to you with a general plan and with a zoning ordinance and with soil remediation ordinance and with institutional controls all of which capture your direction and preserve the, 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 the vision and the heritage of Dewey Humboldt. I'm encouraged that they said they want to work with you. Well, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to take them up on that. We're going to send them the general plan. Now, I'm encouraged, so the next steps will be the public outreach. The next steps will be communicating the general plan to all those different agencies. That then that will get popular be communicated to you through the Planning and Zoning Commission, and then you as the final decision makers get to make the decision on the general plan. That's all I have. Okay. No, actually, he did very well. Occasionally, I do well. That's why I asked. Are you good? Do you want anything? And there was a concern when Ashley speaks, she's not speaking now as a public citizen. She's speaking as a member of the committee, so the three minute limit does not apply to her. Good. And if Mel wishes to speak, he has the right to speak. Um, so there's a reason I prefer to sit in the audience um, when we have these meetings, because I like to hear the community as they're speaking. Um, we've had extensive meetings regarding this and what our roles and tasks are in, in all of this. Mine specifically is the health. You know, I've all, always been concerned about the health and community outreach. Um, I'm going to request that you, you all participate in your own capacity outside of this dais because I can certainly not be the only one trying to pull the community together. Um, we, we do have confirmation um, that U of A is more than happy to come present their, their findings, as I knew they would be. I would like to see everyone up here bring in several community members, your neighbors, your family, somebody outside of this room that can say, hey, 
John told me to come tonight. Um, we, we've got to get the community involved. We have to bring awareness. That's the only way we're going to get anything out of EPA. Um, I'll remind you that the stuff that we're fighting tooth and nail to get from EPA are the very, very basics that are handed to other Superfund communities. So we got to get involved and we got to do it now. Um, any questions from the public regarding presentations, community health can can be directed to me. Any any legal, technical stuff, obviously that's their job. <laughs> Thanks. Mel Kunal Dewey. Um, yeah, there's a lot I'd like to add, but I don't think we have enough time. Um, this is a huge opportunity for the city, the community. It's going to take time. It's going to take involvement. What I would recommend is that in the involvement part of it that we do it with your, your blessing, that we have several outreach meetings with the community. And in order to do that, it has to be organized by you. In order to do it properly, I think we have we need to have professional input in the way of presentation materials. We just can't go in and show something on a screen that's not important or not relevant. So I would encourage you to have some funds set aside in the near future to pay somebody in the planning and presentation business to do that for us because the city's going to want to see it. The community is going to want to see it. That's all. I mean, it's going to be a long process. There's going to be a lot of meetings. Like I've told people before, I've been through this many, many times. In the first meeting, you may have 50, 60 people attend, but then it'll get out to the public. You'll have twice, three times at the second one, twice, three times at the third one, because the word gets around and they become interested. So I would encourage you to go through that process sooner rather than later. Thank you. Thank you, Greg Ostro. Um Speaking uh, as in part as vice chair of the general plan update steering committee, uh, we expect to be meeting at the end of January. Um, we're getting an update to the work we've done on the general plan with public input with the committee's work. And so we want to move quickly. We heard the message first quarter early in, in 24. So know that we as a committee, I can't speak for everyone, but you know, the way we've performed for the last couple of years, um, we're ready for the task to get ready to give it get our part done, then it goes to P and Z, then to you. So we're cognizant of this. The other thought I had is, does it make sense? You have a committee established now for the Superfund site, and I don't know how many people are on it. Is it time to add three or four more? Now that you're in the home stretch of shaping what this will be, do you put together a committee, not a plan update committee, but some other formal committee that includes citizens to help? navigate as I believe the previous speaker suggested you be involved but maybe more public thanks a lot super Aunt humble so um, with all these people where are we going to have these meetings has anybody thought about that have we talked about that we have did I miss it <laughs> well, what we would like to do is we would like to have the meetings at several different venues, including uh, the school, uh, Mortimer Farms, perhaps uh, other places that have big enough halls. Excellent. Thank you. Yes. 
Christy Bagwell, Dewey Humble. I would just like to stress to the steering committee the importance. We've heard conflicting information. Some people out there are saying there is no rush. Let's make sure we get everything absolutely perfect. And I keep trying to explain that there is a rush. This needs to get done, and it needs to get done in a hurry, or we're not going to get the participation from the interested parties. So we need to get through this, get it passed to P&Z so it can come back to you. Thank you. Yes, Mr. Ben. Uh, just to add, oh, I'm sorry. That's good. That's good. I'm centering your point. It's all these Right. There we go. You gotta wave it. That's when he sees it best. Go ahead. He didn't wave his. Go ahead. As Ms. Preston and Mr. Cunell both said, it's important that we get the word out to the citizens, everybody. I was going to also mention we should have it at several different venues. We should have it at several different times and days in case people work and don't because it's going to be really important that we all get together and work on this because it's going to affect everyone in our community, everyone. Even if you're not in the skirt, even if you're not in the general vicinity, it's going to affect everyone. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I wanted to add on to what Christy was saying there. If there is any confusion, the, the council has directed uh, expedited movement on this so if anyone is confused go back and look at what you were directed to do please all right miss preston um so i did hear the the confusion on deadline of general plan versus no deadline i specifically asked our environmental attorney on on his statement and what that meant is there a set date and deadline to get this done? No, there is not. Are, are we in a hurry to get this done so we have access to reuse and EPA? Absolutely. So in a sense, um, you know, I'm not going to say we're setting our own deadline, but come on, we've got to get this done. Get it out of the steering committee to planning and zoning to council. And what you're saying is they're going to move forward without us if we want to be with it, we need to correct. You got to have this if you want to uh, exactly. be, a part be a part of the game. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Right, Lee Clough, Dewey Humble, and I've also asked the attorney several times. They have said no deadline. However, the sooner the better. That's the only thing we were correcting. Don't put false information that there's a deadline. Second of all. The steering committee cannot do anything until it gets typed up from the office staff and back to the committee, which is January 30th is the next meeting. So you can't be rushing the, the yes, I was at the meeting and, okay, at the committee meeting, they were told it would not be ready till the middle of January, and then the meeting is January 30th, is what they set the meeting for, because they wanted two weeks to go over it. So you can't rush the steering committee if they don't have it. They have to have a copy of it to be able to um, read it and go over it and make sure the corrections are correct. So go ahead. You're shaking your head no. I was at the meeting. I heard everything. That's what was said. 
there. Okay, well, you did have an attorney, and you did have your town manager there. It, it has changed at this point. And is the steering committee aware that it's changed? Um, that's what we keep trying to correct and point out. What, we're, what we are getting right now is we're getting an update right now, and Charla Mortimer has volunteered to go ahead and actually do the update as quickly as possible. So Charla is going to do the yeah. work instead of the town office. Okay, but the point is you can't be asking them to do something when the town is holding it up. You can ask her to do it. So you can't be blaming the steering committee is my point. And that was what was said. And I guess maybe that should have went out in an email, a blast to the whole town. So those of us that were at the meeting knew what was going on too, instead of it once again, just, I mean, did all of you council members aware, aware of that? Absolutely not. Why That's the problem. Matt's aware of it. You're not, were you aware of it? Correcting this for months now. Well, Matt's talking about something Totally right. He, something that's what I'm saying. You're directing something not for months because we just had a meeting. Us. Well, you're us, saying man. you just said they've been directing it for months. I'm trying to get you to understand there was a meeting and it was January 30th is when it was coming back to them. Then the people that were at the meeting should be aware of it. And so should all the council members, not just you. That's my point. I just asked Jeremiah and he never heard of it. So he's not. Committee members, that's what he's saying. He's saying right. committee members knew about it. Council doesn't know about the change. But so should the people that Charlotte attended the meeting. So should all the people, the residents. Maybe, maybe the committee members do. You don't know about it? I didn't know either. No. There you go. That's you guys are getting everything mixed up now, exactly. and it's getting very irritating at this point sitting here. Because Matt is talking about when the council went ahead and directed directed the, the uh, general plan uh, steering committee to, to move on it and get it done. There was a direction that way. What I just brought up was something that happened today, so no one knows about that. Seriously? Yes. He just said Charlotte's taken over from me. You may have not heard it, but he just no, said it. Hear that. Yes, he just, he that's, what, that's what Lee was picking out. Was that Matt just said? So for you sitting there getting flustered and irritated is about absolutely nothing because you may have not heard Matt sit there and say that he acknowledged the fact that Charlotte was taken over That's at the same time. One thing. Uh, okay, okay. I'm, I'm saying, but you want to know where the frustration and the irritation come from? Then knock it off. Yeah. And and either inform everybody or inform nobody. Well, I, but I, hold on, hold on. Uh, no, Jeremiah. no, I'm not, because you just sat there and was getting irritated over the fact that Lee was pointing out a fact. Matt was trying to correct her. You were saying she was wrong when she wasn't wrong. And you may have had the new information today that the fact that Charlotte was taking over the fact that the staff was doing. Well, That's got, what was the point was being brought up. So there's no reason to get irritated. At the end of last meeting, she offered. Okay. Today, she asked for it again. She got it today. Okay, and then it's okay. also said that the committee knows about it. Well, there's one, no, two, three committee members that have no known knowledge about it. Okay, but the statement was that the committee members know okay. about it, and well, they don't. It, it's, okay, whatever. It's just that it needs to get done. It, it, we just need way. correct information being given to proper people, to everybody. Yeah. So that's that's the problem this whole entire time. So. So I don't have. A, there's no reason to get upset and, and, and flustered over it. So, 
right. So, Ms. Lance. Thank you. Um, I, as a resident, attended that meeting, and it was decided between the staff and the committee that they would be working on it and have it by the end of the month and have a meeting. I did not hear anyone accuse anyone of rushing it. So I'm not even understanding what this whole argument's about. Yes, Matt did say that Charlotte was gonna be working on it. However, if it came about, it came about. And, and I do agree with the fact that we don't always get emails updating us. And this is something I have argued with every town manager since I've been on council, because it never happens. So if we could send out emails, that would be great. Just a little blurb so people are on the same page. But I did not hear anyone at all accuse anyone of anything as far as trying to drag their feet, trying to make them hurry, anything. Ms. Mortimer, you had your hand up. Come on up. When's the next meeting? Charlotte Mortimer, chair of the, of the steering committee. So um, after our meeting last Wednesday night, I actually went to um, Ashley. I met Ashley outside, and I said, hey, what can we do? And is this something that I could help on? with the paperwork on it instead of having to wait for town staff. And she said, I think so. Let's go talk to the manager. So we did. I offered to just do the updates in it so that we can get it sent out to the committee faster so that hopefully we can move our date up from the end of January to, you know, more like the middle of January. So it's nothing's happened yet because I still don't have that file. I think that you said you sent it, but I didn't get it yet. So um, if we can verify the email that you sent that to, that would be helpful. But um, just trying to move that process forward faster so that we can get it done a little more timely, not wait, have to wait another month and two weeks to be able to even meet to make sure that the edits are correct that need to be done. So that's where it's at. Um, when's the new meeting? We don't. Well, we'll we got to get the file. I got to get the file back. I can make those updates in the file, and then we'll set a meeting time and, and make sure the committee's available for that date. So uh, we will let you know as soon as we know. At the general plan um, meeting last time, Charlotte was looking at closer dates to January. Um, it, Chelsea had expressed that she was having a difficult time with Don Roberts passing. I want you all to be aware that you've had a faculty member in here who just passed of cancer. I had many conversations with Don, um, his concerns about Iron King, and unfortunately, He's another number on our list right now. So Chelsea expressed her concern in trying to help plan his memorial services. It was going to take her a little bit longer to get this done. Sharla offered to help in getting that done to alleviate Chelsea. So it, as fast as we're getting responses from EPA, um, I don't think we had the letter by then, did we? Bill? No. So we didn't even have EPA's reply letter at that point. So um, as soon as uh, it was record turnaround for EPA to reply to the letter. So there are so many moving parts to this at this point, and we're trying to stay one step ahead. So that was our sense as the team to, you know, what can we do to help the general plan process along? Um, after Charlotte gets 
the draft done. It still has to go back in front of the, the committee for their review and approval and to planning and zoning. So I don't think anyone's being left out. I just wanted to kind of clear that up on trying to help alleviate staff if we could. Nobody outside of the committee, the committee is very aware that they're moving forward, and that's what I'm getting at. Okay, Mr. Barron. So, just to correct, maybe the confusion's coming from last meeting Bill attended, the meeting before that, a month or so ago, that's when Hamula attended. Hamula was the one that stated there's a rush, no, there's no rush, there's a rush, but nope, nope, there's no rush. So you were getting conflicting things at that meeting coming from him that wasn't real clear. And at that point, obviously the letter hadn't come up. It was a month and a half ago or whatever it was. So that's where the, the confusion part came into play. When I don't know if you attended it. I don't know if you watched it. But it was, it was with him where that's hurry up and slow down, you know, kind of came in. So When she's done, I'd like to respond to that. Okay. All right, so Ms. Lance. Um, I did attend both of those meetings, and yes, he does say kind of, if you're not listening or if it's not real clear, he does say, yes, we need to hurry, but no, it's not an emergency. It's kind of like a hot potato, if you will. So you're juggling it back and forth and trying to get it done in a timely manner. However, I would like to ask the uh, town manager um, has that been sent out now? And yeah, I have to check up the uh, email with, with what Charlotte's email. I don't know. And can we, as a council, receive updates on, on the general plan? On, on anything of importance? I mean, well, that 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 alone is going to take time well, when you do it yeah it's like because what, it when we talk about things and i oh, went to yeah, like when you come on in and we can oh so when i say um we had two members of our planning and zoning quit mm -hmm. and we were like the last people to know about it that thing simple emails would be greatly appreciated doesn't have to be an elaborate one it just needs to be an update okay with that and Ashley came up here and said it there is no deadline because EPA has their own goal and their own dates and their own part of it so if we did nothing today they're going to move forward without us we do not have a deadline but the idea is and this isn't inside information it is the fact that we want to be one step ahead of them as Ashley just came up again and said that that's what what we're trying to do so any delays from any of this puts us behind epa's movement and progress I, that's what i'm getting at mr barry so i understand that and i get it completely and i think the general plan is from 2009 and we're when was it supposed to be updated 2019. 2019. 2019 we're in 2023 
So we're already kind of behind the eight ball. Where was urgency five, six, seven years ago, whenever? You know, I, I understand now everything's moving faster with the EPA and stuff like that. I, I just I just find it ironic about that. So when when the new general plan comes up in 2029, should we start planning for it now? And that way, yes. when it comes to 2029, we're already uh, got it ready, maybe six or eight months ahead of time. Yes. Um, instead of just waiting until 2033, and then we decide we're going to update the, the 2029 general plan? You should be reviewing it every year after passing it, seeing if there has to be, but you don't have to legally. Yes. Let's, I'm hopeful that the way you've worked together as a, as a council, the way your community has, have, has responded, the way Mel and Ashley are going to help deploy information out to your community, and you're going to work together to capture an opportunity. Councilmember Finn said it correctly. There isn't a rush. What, and it, 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 Ashley said it. We got a letter on December 14th, so that's late. They decided they're not going to work with us to go to PRP. They're going to go on their own. Mm -hmm. And so either you decide to figure out what you want to do, you decide to negotiate with PRPs so they don't go and build the cap. And so now the opportunity is here. And the way it should work is we'll let the steering committee get their information to as rapidly as possible. That's the good information. We then will prepare a draft that will go to EPA and go to AD and go to everybody. That's a 60-day notice. Meanwhile, you're going to have the outreach for education on water health and that will then inform us so that we can recommend it, changes to the different regulations so the, the goal now is is to move so that one the 83.5 can be deployed and two they don't cut deals with prps you cut deals with prps that they want are going to cut deals with prp I said, we don't know. They're not going to deal with us. So we don't okay. know what they're going to do. Okay. We, we were hopeful we'd do it together. They're not. They're letting us go alone. Okay. So now the question is, by taking the opportunity, you can go alone with VRPs, and we have some ideas so that you can negotiate with them to make sure there's a variety of uses. Thank you. I misunderstood. I'm sorry. I, no, I didn't say it. Well. Mr. Finn, what do you need from us that we can direct, hopefully by motion and getting unanimous, go ahead on this, but what do you need I think we already have the direction. Yeah. We okay. already have the direction to move quickly. And there, and there is so no changes. Everything steadfast. Yes, yes. I think we and we will we will develop it. We will hear from the steering committee. Then we will pr produce a document that will go to all the agencies. And meanwhile, Ashley and Mel and the team will be working with your constituents to showcase the need to protect public health. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, Ms. Collins. So the general plan is not going to go through planning and zoning? Just asking. No, it is. No, it's going to go through from the planning and zoning. Okay. All right. Seeing no more, we will move on. Mr. Chisholm. Jason Chisholm, time to be humble. I have a question more so directed to the attorney. As far as these um, public outreach meetings that are going to be held outside these chambers and large quantities of attendees, is it within our codes and ordinances, because I'm not reading it, 
for the town of Dewey Humboldt, who has an active Facebook page, to go Facebook Live at those events. Is that possible? So you can not only reach the attendees in person, but also those that are liked, that have are following the Dewey Humboldt Facebook page that can watch it as well. Because as soon as that live notice goes out that an organization is live, those that follow it get notification that that organization is live. So that attracts more attendees. Perfect. Thank you. All here is this is get the democracy. Word out. Yet. Get the word out. This is democracy yes. getting information out. And Jeremiah, I'm hopeful that in ten years from now I'll be all gone. But in ten years from now, well, you gone. you're I'm not hopeful for that. I hope. I hope you don't. I hope you don't know. Yeah. You don't do what the predecessors did. We need to. You need to stay on top of this. You need to take 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 this opportunity to do things better. Let's move on to item 10, consideration of possible action on additional special sessions and town council meetings. There is none, so we're going to move on to item 11, which is to adjourn. We're going to adjourn at 847. Thank you all. Merry Christmas to everybody.